a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. President Dallin H. Oaks, first counselor in the first presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, turns 90 years young today. Born in 1932, of course, he was the Utah Supreme Court Justice and then uh, currently serving as the first counselor in the first presidency. And so today we want to take a a look at his legacy, lessons from his life, uh, an extraordinary one thus far. And I think he's still just kind of warming up uh, as well. And really interesting, uh, just over this past week, uh, Sarah Jane Weaver, the editor of The Church News, uh, did a podcast with uh, President Oaks. Uh, part of this was a conversation from Rome, Italy, where President Oaks had been speaking at a religious liberty conference there uh, in Rome. And so we want to share a little bit of that uh, with you today to get some perspective and some of the life lessons from Dallin H. Oaks as he celebrates 90 years young today. Uh, the first lesson is uh, even though uh, we have our speed bumps along the way, trials are, are really a good thing for us. A major lesson I've learned in my life is that mortality has a lot of speed bumps. And whether you consider your own experiences or those of your family or those around you or those you read about, life is full of a lot of difficulties, a lot of choices, some easy and some excruciatingly difficult. You spoke about some of the lessons you've learned in life coming during difficult times, during hard times. I learned then that the Lord will bless us with what we need most in his own time and in his own way. Again, that's from a podcast uh, with Sarah Jane Weaver, editor of the Church News. Uh, President Oaks uh, said that he defied what he considered was expected of him, chose a career that serves the community at the encouragement of his mother. I grew up assuming that I should be a doctor because my father had been a doctor. And so I didn't give much thought to what I would do. I got to college at BYU, and I knew that medical studies were not for me. When I'd spent a couple of months in zoology, and I remember going to my mother quite apologetically and saying, Mother, what if I don't become a doctor? And in the abundance of wisdom typical of my mother, she said, Oh, you don't need to be a doctor like your father. I want you to find something that you want to do that's a good, honest way of serving your fellow man. And that released me to go forward looking for something that I would want to do. And he did find something that he would want to do, something he was passionate about and had incredible gifts and talents in. He graduated from Brigham Young University in 1954 and then off to the University of Chicago Law School, where he graduated in 1957. And then he became a uh, law clerk for Justice Earl Warren on the United States Supreme Court. And that proved to be an experience that set the tone for so many things in his life, including ethics and the law religious liberty, 
and the Constitution of the United States. Now, when I went on to the United States Supreme Court, I had been chosen by Earl Warren as one of his three law clerks for a period of one year. So it was a very valuable educational experience in the workings of the nation's highest court and also in the personalities of judges and the opinions of judges who would have a major impact on America. And those contacts were very important to me in the years to come. Of course, President Oaks uh, went on to be the president of Brigham Young University, uh, serving there for a time, and, and went through a lot of those ups and downs that we all do in the midst of our careers. Uh, it wasn't until uh, 1980 uh, that he moved on and uh, actually was appointed after applying to become part of the Utah Supreme Court. And this is where it gets interesting to me. Uh, it was President Oaks thinking that uh, his life was really set. He was on the Utah Supreme Court and figured that would be a place he would stay for the rest of his career. When I was called as an apostle, I was astonished because unlike my experience with other positions I had been appointed to or called to, I had no inkling that this was coming. It was a total surprise to me, to my family, and to the court where I served. And the Lord soon made that clear to me that he had chosen me, and the first challenge I felt was trying to see what an apostle is called to do. And I spent a lot of time searching the scriptures, reading what had been written, getting counsel from people like President Monson, and that was at least a decade-long period of a steep learning curve. I think that's so interesting that he really felt uh, once he was on the Utah Supreme Court that that was going to be kind of the path. I, I think it's the uh, the old mantra, if you ever want to make the Lord laugh, just tell him your plan for your life. Uh, I think President Oaks experienced that. And then his pivot uh, to his role as an apostle in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, while still being able to articulate so many important things as it relates both within the church and to the broader community and even to the international community, when it comes to things like law and uh, particularly religious liberty. We mentioned earlier that uh, this conversation uh, that he had on the podcast that you can check out on thechurchnews.com with Sarah Jane Weaver, editor of The Church News, was part of a, a summit there on religious liberty, a Notre Dame Religious Liberty Summit in Rome this uh, past summer. And I want to share just a little bit of that insight, uh, some perspective of what uh, President Oaks has learned and what he shares with the world. Religion and persons of faith bless society with a precious and unique moral conscience. In our recent worldwide conference, another of our apostles declared, quote, if religion is not there to sh help with shaping character and mediating hard times, who will be? Who will teach honesty, gratitude, forgiveness, and patience? Who will exhibit charity, compassion, and kindness for the forgotten and the downtrodden? Who will embrace those who are different yet deserving as all of the children of God are? And that was from uh, President Dallin H. Oaks at the Notre Dame Religious Liberty Summit in Rome uh, just a few weeks ago. 
And as uh, President Oak celebrates his 90th birthday today, again, so many lessons. You can check out that full podcast at thechurchnews.com. And the really interesting thing to me is, as I have observed President Oaks over the years, obviously his mind uh, is so quick to be able to move through not only things of, of legal import, uh, he, he obviously developed that over a lifetime, but his ability to translate that into what matters today. And the, the thing that I appreciate most about President Oaks is that in every setting I have heard him speak, he does something that very few speakers ever do. He trusts the listeners. He trusts the listeners to be able to hear the principles that he has to share and then be able to interpret and apply them to their unique circumstances. And I think that is a unique leadership trait. And as someone who serves as a worldwide religious leader, uh, Dallin H. Oaks is one who trusts the listener with principles. He doesn't need to do anything beyond that. Uh, He is the messenger and never confuses his role in that important process. Happy birthday, 90th birthday, to Dallin H. Oaks of the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We'll be back with hour number two of Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.